Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're going to imagine an alternate universe where I am perfect and you are perfect. We are faultless people who do everything right. Some of us have to do a little more stretching of reality to get that picture uh, in our imagination, but that's okay. Now, imagine that we're surrounded by other people who aren't as perfect. Maybe there's a family member who's negative and overcritical, and that's clearly unjustified because there's nothing about me to be critical of in this little thought experiment. Or there's a, a guy in traffic who rides the back of your car, honking when you're going uh, the same speed as everyone else in the right lane. Or the person we're going to focus on today. You've got a nasty, cruel boss who, despite you doing everything to be a great worker, is always treating you unfairly. Your work is constantly being criticized. Your boss uh, gossips about you with your coworkers. Maybe your boss mocks your faith, finds ways to tempt you into sinning like the others there, telling nasty jokes or taking advantage of other people or committing adultery. And I've been fortunate enough not to have very many really bad bosses. And maybe you can use some of your own experiences to give this story a little more color. But our question today is how do you respond when you are treated that way by someone in authority? What does the Bible tell me to do when I am working under a bad boss? Well, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2, but I'm afraid we're not going to like the answer. You know, starting in verse 18, he writes, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh, for this is commendable if because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. In other words, when you are treated unfairly by your boss, the Bible's prescription is submissive endurance. It's not exactly what we'd like to hear. And this passage obviously brings up a lot of serious questions. How far can we truly apply commands given to slaves to modern life? Is it wrong to defend ourselves or to speak out when we are treated unfairly? Doesn't the Bible talk about justice too? Am I supposed to be a doormat at work? And those are good questions and we'll discuss some of them today, but don't let them distract you from the clear and simple meaning of the text. When you are treated unfairly, submit and endure it. So as we go forward, remember that submission is always going to be the big picture. But let's look at the nuance too. First and most clearly is our title. Even if it may feel like it, it sometimes, we are not servants. We're certainly not slaves. We are employees that have entered a legal agreement to work for someone. That affords us certain rights that both the employee and the employer agree to before work begins. You have the right to some kind of payment, you have the right to certain working conditions, and you have the right to stop working when the terms of that agreement aren't met. That is an obvious distinction between Peter's audience and us today. Peter was writing to people who simply could not leave their positions. They were stuck under this authority. And so Peter's counsel was to find a way to glorify God even in that unfair and unjust situation. And Paul makes it clear, if a slave has a way to become free, they should take it. But in the meantime, stay focused on God. And what that means for us today 
is that we can quit if we feel that we are being mistreated. We are also allowed to pursue recourse for unfair treatment as described by the terms we agreed to when we started working. If you are in an unjust situation, the Bible says you're allowed to get out of it. But in the meantime, submit. We are allowed to rid ourselves of unjust authority when the opportunity arises. But until then, submit. Second, other places in the Bible, and even right here in 1 Peter 2, make it clear that the purpose of this submission is to glorify God and to emulate his son. And any kind of submission that forces us to do something that is sinful or against the purposes of God is excluded from this command of submission. Peter says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this, you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. You know, maybe Peter knew this was going to be uh, a hard sell, a difficult pill to swallow. This faith was, after all, being adopted mostly by slaves, mostly by the lower classes. It's not like this was some elitist manifesto. The gospel spoke and still speaks to broken and poor and sick and weary people. So to make this seemingly difficult command understandable, Peter says, look at Jesus. That's what this looks like. So for us today, when we are working for a cruel and harsh boss, Peter still says, look at Jesus. Now, Jesus, of course, was never actually under the authority of anyone but his father. He always had the opportunity to escape unfair treatment, and sometimes he did that. You know, there are several times we read that he escaped before the time had come for him to die. Likewise, the apostles, they defended themselves in court. They fled persecution, and their example shows us we don't have to be doormats. We are allowed to protect ourselves, but the example of Jesus also shows us the power of submission. Now imagine what the gospel would be if Jesus didn't submit. I'll tell you right now, if Jesus hadn't died on a cross, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. The gospel would be meaningless without this central act of submission. You know, Jesus, he didn't have to do it. It wasn't fair that it was done to him. His death was ordered by unjust, hateful, and cruel authorities. Yet without that choice to submit to them, the Bible wouldn't have anything more than a few wise sayings to tell us. Submission is the mark of Christ. It's what makes him and his followers so, so strange in a world where everybody has to have their way. You know, like Peter says, for what credit is it if you, when you're beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. You know, being able to handle fair treatment is normal, but being willing to suffer for good, that's commendable. That's something that other people notice and it glorifies God. You know, when Jesus, when he was wronged, he did not retaliate. 
He didn't use every tool at his disposal to defend himself. He could have called legions of angels to strike down his enemies. He could have gone to the courts and convinced the world of who he was. He performed miracles before. Imagine what he could have done to open the eyes of those authorities. But he didn't. He saw a purpose in submission. In the same way, we have lots of ways today to overcome unfair bosses. And there may be some circumstances where we need to use them. But just like the Bible would be pointless without Christ's central act of submission, submission gives a Christian's life meaning. It would be hard to hear, or that may be hard for us to hear because we have these rebellious ears that the world has given us. But perhaps the greatest thing we can do is not to fight back when we are treated cruelly, but to put our whole trust in him and to show the world that we rely on God to sustain us. Christ, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. When you talk to your next harsh boss, commit yourself to him who judges righteously and see how you can glorify him with your work. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down, studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.